You're listening to The Substance on the Yellow Card Podcasting Network. Substance is hosted by Stephen Brandt and former Sounders fan of the year, Duffy Alverson, and brought to you in conjunction with Away Days Football, the makers of high-quality football-inspired clothing for the casual looking for something to wear to matches. Use code YELLOWCARD at checkout to get 15% off your entire order at awaydaysfootball.com. And now, here's the guys. Well, it's not going to be the only time we're going to get Matt Markstone on the pod the end of this year because he's, you know, too busy being a teacher, raking his lawn, putting up putting up lights, waking up at the crack of dawn, <laughs> going to PTA meetings. Oh, I'm so getting a text after this one. I usually do when I mock the hell of this is going to be kind of the end of the year show. I don't know if we're going to do one next week. I, I'm kind of we're on the fence. Yeah, we're on the we're front on the fence. I'm big enough to sit on both sides of it at this point in my life. But yeah, anyway, I, that's, well, no worries yeah. there. So Robert Hayes is going to join us at seven thirty, at least I hope so. If not, it'll just be Duffy and I ranting and raving, just yep. talking. Talking about it, and and just you know, you would our think, normal. You would think as you know, Away Days has been our sponsor for quite a while now. You would think when I when I get something from Away Days, I would remember as a uh, co-host to put the 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 code in to get the discount. I always forget because <laughs> yeah. I just signed, I got I just got two shirts in the mail uh, Monday. Awesome. Oh, Stavok nice. and Hamburg. Oh, yeah. And did I remember? Uh, I always remember right after I, I push send and the order's done. Oh, man. So that's all right. What the hey. Uh, still yeah. great stuff. Even even it's a it's a great bargain. Even if you don't get the yellow card discount, I still highly recommend it. And, uh, yeah, but I can never – I never remember. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but you're, a couple you're, of times you're Dave actually went to me and go, "Oh, you forgot. We went ahead and put the discount in for you." Oh, thank you. You know, uh, always got a Martin guardian angel looking over my shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Martin will just, do that for you. Yeah, and I usually it's just funny now because since my uh, my one room has become vacant, I've had to start putting the overflow into the other closet because I'm afraid my Closet, walk-in closet, rods are going to collapse from the weight. So I'm starting, I'm starting to take over. Essentially, now I have five closets in, in my house, so I can put them all. My whole closets are going to be uh, football shirts before too long. So, but yeah, no, I had to start an overflow closet because I'm running out of space. Oh yeah, I think yeah, I need an exactly. intervention. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. So we're gonna. Do? Yeah, we're gonna have. We're gonna have no problem with that. So, but anyway, um, I I think I highlighted this at least in the group chat. I don't know if I did this online, but there's a very bad weekend when I get paid 
and I decide I'm going to go stack myself up with enough six packs to make Fat Albert tipsy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been there. I don't drink that much anymore because a, I turned forty, and b I just don't. Once I settle down after work, I don't like to move. Yeah, but no, I hear and, you there. Yeah, and you're fortunate. You're you're there with your cats, your dogs, your books, your jerseys. Everything. Well, anyway, um, I know a bunch of the people over at these football times, and I like mm-hmm. their the lob because they do a lot of really interesting look into historic teams. Like they did something right. on, um, they did one of their pods was about the IX team, the the IX team that went went the three straight. And they have a lot of ones going this, this, and this. Well, they have a guy at part of them that did a over overarching book on U.S. soccer, but he's English. Mm-hmm. Now, in and of that problem, there's that's not that much of a problem because a lot of the good – books about the sport here are from Brits. The couple of the NESL ones are really good, are from there. But Mm. the premise that he started this on was, oh, I went to a Barnes & Noble in Manhattan, and I only saw European ones and it shocked me. European soccer books. No yeah. shit, Sherlock. I don't know why it would shock him. I mean, there's just not that many uh, U.S. I mean, not just, I mean, not U.S. I mean, U.S. national team, especially soccer books, because I think I have them all, or a lot of them. Uh, but there's, it's not like, uh, a, a run on the market or anything. There's and yeah, and I am with you. There's always a few because I I hit Barnes and Noble a lot just to see what they have, whether I buy anything or not. And they you know, yeah, there's a lot of you know English soccer books. Not, a lot of times, nothing that I want to jump out and buy, like the Wayne Rooney story or whatever. Nothing against Wayne, but you know, yeah. you know, I just uh, he doesn't grip me enough to want to but get it. And but, it, it yeah. And those are dependent on who is the buyer at the mm-hmm. store. Because certain yeah. ones, like, I have two near me here in Buffalo. And I could tell you, if I go to the one up by the university, there are yeah. more Chicago Bears stuff than there were in Skokie, Illinois, when I went to that one, which I don't yeah. understand. That. But there's a good soccer section there. Because mm-hmm. we've had some people go the pros out there. And yes, yeah. Caitlin Murray's is there, but Caitlin Murray is from Buffalo. So right. it's going to be here. Most of the books I've got, and I'm, I mean, I'm buying book after book after book online. It's from mm-hmm. Amazon. Yeah. It's from Amazon. Oh, I know. I you mean, me both. Yeah. I mean, and I wait until I get to the, it it gets to the marketplace before I get them. Like there's one I buy a lot of pit books from Pitch Publishing almost 
I have literally almost their whole stock of stuff at this right. point. I literally just bought they they have one out um about the Scottish Cup. Mm-hmm. The I history of it. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. It's three bucks. I'll go and get it. I'm not gonna yeah. go to any of the Barnes and Nobles around me, and I've been to pretty much all of them yeah. in upstate New York, all the way to Binghamton South down south and yeah. all the way up to Albany to the east. I'm not going for that. And there's a lot of right. independent bookstores like the Bella Gutman book that was just out um, which was brilliant and I need to rebuy that I found it a local local one here Yeah, I have a local Barnes and Noble type place Talking Leaves, it's brilliant it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Barnes and Noble without all the discounts and all that if I'm really looking for something I know I yeah. can go there but you're basing on writing a book because you can't find it at a Barnes Noble in freaking New York City. No mm-hmm. shit, Sherlock. Go to D.C. Go to Baltimore. Go to Portland. Go Hell, go to Seattle. Yeah. Go to Chicago. Go to some of the places mm-hmm. that most Brits won't go because it's not flashy or I can't be seen. Or something like that. Yeah. Heck, Pep Guardiola, I think, still has a still has a um, condo in New York City because he can walk yeah. down the street and nobody knows him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. That's the whole attraction. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, Beckham does that. I've heard stories of Beckham in Miami is that he's just a British guy. Yeah. He's not David Beckham. He's just walking down the street. So even they, even if the people do recognize him and say, "Hey, you know what's going on? How you doing?" That's usually how where it stops because nobody uh, usually uh, uh, you know hits you up too much. He says, "Like, hey, how's it going? Great, you know, carry on, you know, because we got things to do. It's not like England where you're going to get inundated and people are going to get on you about every little thing. Like, why didn't you do whatever you did? You know, and we don't do that. So yeah, you know." Yeah, exactly, and that, that and that's the thing. And he, now, the overarching thought he had in in the book, and it sounds pretty logical. And I'm not highlighting his name on here because I already have enough shit with these football times right now. That's forming, mm-hmm. I mean, and I I'll be blunt. I used ninety percent of their stuff about South America for the Boca book. Ninety yeah. percent of their stuff went in there because I know the guy that writes 90% of it. And I asked him, I'm like, dude, can I cite you? He's like, fine. Of course it's, it got in his head. So he could, he's writing one right now, which is perfect. He's a hell of a better writer than I am, but that's the same yeah. point. But his overall contention with it was two things. And when I turned it off, it was this. Well, they don't, they don't like the sport because they don't call it football. The British yeah. came up with the name soccer. My friend Chris Lee, who runs the Outside Right Pod, highlighted that for me. Mm-hmm. I did not put this to these football times. I told them. I'm like, 
Yes. Here it is. The Corinthian Castles called it that way. Mm-hmm. And the other part is, well, Americans have so many other sports, they don't view it as tough like we do. You guys didn't view it like that way, that way until the 90s, until the money came in. Yeah. I mean, God damn, Thatcher tried to kill the sport. Yeah. God, Thatcher tried to kill the sport. I'm sure John Major wanted to. Hell, I mean, Harold Wilson didn't get it done because he was the Labor Department, and I, I want to read the book. I want to read the book on why his two governments went down. You can see what I've been reading mm-hmm. at work. You can see yeah, what I've I, been I reading at work recently. <laughs> um, and they say that we don't take care of it, that it would be a much bigger sport if we put all our fan, our thought into it. That's exaggerating. Oh, sure. That's exaggerating well, I, a lot into it. Because here's the thing they don't see is baseball's from them. Yeah. Well, baseball. I mean, that's not even – you could say, oh, yeah, if everybody – if everybody starts watching, it'll be a bigger sport. Oh yeah, no, no duh. That you got it. Yeah. But you know, it's just like you put American football over there. Yeah, they'll go watch it because it's kind of a novelty. You know, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying it wouldn't take hold, but it would not take hold overnight. You know, you can put an NFL game there one once a year, and it'll sell out every time because you know they'd want to see the event. But you know, regularly, yeah, no. And then you still get the guys that complain. That they, the field was too torn up, like when they did it at the new White Hart Lane or whatever they call Tottenham Stadium now. And then when the when Spurs go and play, they're complaining about the turf being damaged. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You, know, you wanted to take over. No, no sport in uh, this country right now, at least not in the foreseeable future, is going to be able to overtake you know the NFL because it's it's got its market. It's got its foothold, and, you know, could that go away? Sure. You know, it's like anything. You know, uh, when DiMaggio was a Yankee, baseball was king. You know, and now, you know, it's still big, but it's not king anymore. So, you know. You know, when I was in high school, the NBA was on the verge of going out of business, and now it's, you know, it's fine. I remember watching the NBA uh, championship when I was a junior in high school, so... I think 1981, a little dated myself there. But the uh, the playoff games are all on tape delay, and I and I would watch them at 11:45 at night, you know, and then go to bed and then get up for school the next morning, you know. So you know, it's like anything; it takes a while, you know, to uh, shift uh, allegiances or whatever. You know, I remember the Pacers, the the president of the Pacers back in the, that era ended up working for the Sonics for a while and saying it was so bad in Indiana that he would stay at a friend's house so bill collectors couldn't track him down to, so the Pacers could pay their bills. You know, it was crazy to hear that, you know, the league was like on the verge, you know. You know no, nobody would go to games. You know, teams are averaging under 10,000 fans, you know, a lot of them. And, uh, you know, and you look at the NBA now. A lot different, so you know, so everything's got a cycle. You know, yeah, how big, exactly. who knows? You know. I mean, yeah. yeah, do I wish uh, soccer was bigger? Sure, but is it bigger now than it was, you know, at the beginning of in 1996? Absolutely, you know, so. Yeah, and it's just different mechanisms to to watch it or be involved with it that there weren't, you know, 
in 96, you know, doing what we do, watching things online, streaming online, you know, watching it on old-fashioned TV, you know, and still having to get through the bias of the old uh, cigar-chomping sports editor who uh, only understands football, basketball, baseball. And if he's from the Northeast or Canada, hockey in there. Yeah. And that's it, you know. So, and now you got you changing those perceptions, so. Yeah, exactly. And I, the overall t- thought of the book was he wanted to do something that encapsulates all of yeah. – U.S. soccer, so he took it back mm-hmm. all the wow, way to the, all the way back to the ASL, which is perfect yeah. because what this actually needs is we don't need more stuff about the old North yeah. American Soccer League or Major League Soccer because hey, Paul right. Dury did something, just did a big book on that, and B, how many books are put out about the about the old North American Soccer League a year? One or two. Oh, yeah, there's a few. I'm looking at four of them right now uh, in my yeah. bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I mean, I've got I've got one almost 90% written about the old Fort Lauderdale Strikers on my computer. Mm. Didn't know I still had that thing. But, see, to go back and do the old, what about um, the marksman? And what he was bringing up about yeah. the individual things was perfect because, I mean, <laughs> was perfect with it because we don't need to know that Tony Miola tried out for the Jets. That's common knowledge. And there's not much out there about the, about the old stuff. Like I tried to write something for the nutmeg magazine year, a year ago about Archie Stark. Mm -hmm. There's nothing out there. There's literally nothing written about Archie Stark outside of one article years ago about mm-hmm. him dying, and that's about it. Yeah. Got his old bit, and, and that was it. Yeah, and that was that's about it. There's nothing. There's nothing out there. So, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. that's just the weird one anyway. Um, yeah. I do not – I mean, I do not – want to go at people about their writing, but this preconceived notion, we could get no, a bunch of, on, freak, bunch of Brits on, and one of them I'm actually legit friends with. I had him on here, Stephen Scrag. He did the um, European Cup Winners Cup book, which I went out and bought, and I'm going to go buy more from Blackwell's in um, yeah. England. I, f- I found one, literally, and I think I've told you this off air, they calculate in the um, shipping fr- to America, and they'll get it to you within two weeks. That'll work. I'm like, oh, I don't need to know this. I'm like, I'm yeah. looking, I'm looking through the stuff. I'm like, I don't need to know this. And they're like, yeah. it's like twenty. That's dangerous for. knowledge. Yeah, I'm like, this is. I'm like, no, because I wanted to get um Colin Miller's book about Sevilla, the city of Sevilla, mm-hmm. and how those teams started. It's if you have a chance to get your hands on it, Duffy, go and get it. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. But oh. I did I did not need to know any of this stuff existed. But at the same standpoint, I see the divide that I get mm-hmm. with people 
<clears throat> hearing my voice when I when I jump on stuff on the continent because there's a lot of stuff you guys haven't heard where I've shown up as the American on stuff. I I get the crap that I have. I get why there's Celtic fans that just don't like me because of my voice, because I'm not (laughs) not Scottish, Irish, or English. I'm royalty apparently, and God knows with that. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. That's funny, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But, yeah, no, I think I have a, a that book about the well, – I got a book about uh, the ASL. I just can't find it. I think it's downstairs. Yeah. You know, on my uh, to-do list right next to the, to the other two stacks of books that are on my list of, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I need to get to these. Yeah. But, yeah. But anyway, there you go. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's Well, it's just like, uh, you know, you listen to uh, every time a team gets another announcer, you know, like for MLS soccer teams, not all of them, you know, but they always find a British accent, you know, if they can. Because, you know, we've had two. We don't have a, a British accent on our – well, I guess Keith Costigan on TV kind of counts, but I don't really count Keith. Nothing against Keith. Um, but our radio guy, just a guy uh, – he's just a local guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Uh, but, yeah, just uh, just a local guy, you know. Uh, you know, went to, grew up in Seattle, went to school at Western, you know. Uh, voice of the uh, used to work for the Seahawks or KJR, you know, did a lot of radio. That's a local radio sports radio station. Now he's the voice of the Sounders, and you know, you know, just which is awesome because you know he's a friend of mine. So I like you know, like to see the oh, nice. guys make good. Yeah, so you know, but not that when we had Ross, I didn't love Ross. You know, he was he was just a great guy too. And Arlo, we've had good luck. You know, you know, one of our uh, little trivia, one of the. Color analyst the first year in '09 was none other than Greg Vanny. Uh, oh, nice. Sounders. Then, yeah, no, crazy. And now, and then he went to become a coach. So, but yeah, no, our first year he was uh, not always. You know, he's one of those guys they picked up during the year and kind of did some color work for the Sounders. You know, back and then he went to become a coach. And you know, I think he picked the right choice. So. You know, there you go. Uh, one of the better American coaches, I would say. Not the best. I think uh, right now that's got to be Jesse Marsh. You look at what he's done at Salzburg. I mean, you know, they're right there. You know, they gave Liverpool a battle. But, you know, you can't make – if you're going to beat Liverpool, you can't make mistakes against Liverpool, you know. No. You know, and the, and if you do, you're probably going to lose, you know, because they, they've lost once, I think, this year. Maybe in all competitions, or maybe they lost one in the. No, I think they're still in the. Uh, the. Um, uh, the. The League Cup, which I can't remember the sponsor right offhand now. Yeah, oh, Carabao Cup. Yeah. I think yeah. Liverpool's in everything because, I know the FA has given, Klopp, the ability to split, split the teams. Yeah. So when he takes the A team to Tokyo for the Club World Cup, he can leave his right. assistant behind. Because then that's why we've seen a lot of the Caribou Cup ones 
where there, there's a um, team talk or the interview, it's Pep Linders and not Jurgen because Jurgen, before we get into the meat of this in about a month, Jurgen's right. got to go to Tokyo with with the team. Yeah. He might leave like Milner back or like someone yeah. that's not. But he's gonna he's gonna put into like the League Cup and the FA Cup for a bit. He's gonna put yeah. the youth. You're gonna see Ram Brewster show up. You're gonna see you're gonna see kids that are like, wait a minute, they're mm-hmm. they're still on the side. Well, so. I think that's great. Actually, I think they should do what Arsenal did a few years ago, the last time they were actually in competition. I think for a cup when when Wenger played literally had played his kids the whole or just you know his basically his kids in that whole tournament to the final. And then Chelsea, they played Chelsea. Chelsea put out their first team in Arsenal. I mean, you know, you you say, oh, what a nice to try to, you know, put the first team out. But his thing was, you know, these are the guys that got us here. This is their tournament, and he gave them a shot to win it. They came close. They lost. But, you know, I, I actually like that. I said, well, you, you know, see what they can do. And you want to give those young kids uh, fresher games. And, you know, and like you say, if, if he's going to take half his club to the Club World Cup, and he's going to leave these guys here. At least they have some some real games under their belt, and they've had to battle because you know it hasn't been an easy run for them in the Carabao Cup, but they they've managed to do it. So, you know, this has actually been an exciting cup. This has been I love this tournament just because this is the one where the lower league teams really seem to have a shot at it. You know, at least a, a couple of rounds because the the Premier League teams. This is a cup. That they are most likely just to say, I don't care. You know, they even let the the, the under twenty threes play in it. You know, so teams like Colchester or Oxford, they have a legitimate shot. Maybe not a winning it, but they have a le- legitimate shot just to go farther and farther. And for them, you know, it's, even if they don't win, you, know, you get one of those. You know, Colchester going to Man United. You know, win or lose, it's great for the club. You know they're going to make some money because it'll most likely be a good gate, and they'll get a piece of that, and uh, will help you know Colchester's you know bottom line probably for the next year or so. And if they you know this Man United we're talking about, they can either come out and look like the old Man United, or literally they can come out and get hammered and lose. You know Rochdale nearly beat them; they lost in penalties. So you know Colchester's got a shot. You know. Oh, I I would and, hope so. That- that's oh my God! Point. It would be awesome. It would be awesome if Colchester wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. It's it's one of the it's one of those, and I wish that Matt Hudson was still the um, media guy at. Mm-hmm. I still wish Matt Hudson was still there because he was yeah. so much easier to get a hold of. He's now moved on to da- to the zone or. Whatever that is right now, yeah. But, but I would love to get someone on about that if they go in and beat Man U, if they take Man United apart, because that would be fun. I mean, half of my, I mean, I haven't even gotten. I've do I have all the Colchester books I bought last year? Probably. I could. They're all thin and thin too, but that's not a. Mm. Not an issue. Let's see here. Is the, nah. that's not an issue. But um, either, either way, I mean, 
I would I'm hoping I'm hoping with that that Liverpool at least gets into one of the gets into the big big one like that. So mm. get gets into the big one like that. But I wouldn't mind missing out on the league cup. Yeah. To be on to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So I mean that wouldn't that wouldn't be that wouldn't be that much of a problem. So, so well, yeah, anyway. no, I like that tournament. You know, and the FA Cup has started, so you know, especially in the early rounds, that's when you get to see the non-league teams and stuff. And I, you know, that's the one time a year you get to see those guys if you live on these this end of the of the, of the world. You know, because they don't always pop up. So, you know, and just yeah, I love exactly. the lower leagues. And you just never get a chance, you know. Maybe more now since ESPN Plus shows uh, they show the championship every week, but they also will filter in some League One and League Two, and you know the FA Cups on. So you can literally watch every game that's on TV if you have that much time to kill. So, man, I have had that much time to kill before. Strangely enough, that's the advantage of getting up at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so what else is going Speaking of that, the, uh, the brain doesn't get up at 5.30 in the morning because he has, like, what, 10 kids he has got to take care of? I get up at like uh, 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Oh, there you go. 5.30s for, for people who sleep in. Come on now. Yeah, exactly. It's for wimps. <laughs> I get up that early on my day off. Oh. Exactly. So, since... Since Robert is the only one that decided to join us today, because, I mean, I know he's really busy traveling all over the place. I can't keep track with how many times you're flying to California or you randomly pop up on LinkedIn going somewhere else. So, fortunately, fortunately Robert takes time out of his day, unlike Matt would at this point. <laughs> Oh my God! That's wow, wow! I I just joined so I could hear the rant. Did I miss the rant? Are we are we ranting oh, yeah. anymore? Okay, oh, no, good. You can rant. Oh. No, I, oh, I wanted no, to hear yeah. your rant. I wanted to hear some bad language. Oh no, we we uh we didn't want the e on the pod, so. Oh, gotcha. Uh, oh, that's yet. too bad. We've had the e on the pod for a while. Susie Schwab yeah, gave you that one years ago. I had her on to talk about um, Bayern Munich, and Chris just did not show up. So <laughs> Susie's like, well, let's have some fun. <laughs> let's have some fun on this. And I can't get Susie back, so that's uh. – people stink. Anyway, um, I, obviously, you, Robert, you wanted to come on and rant and rave about the U.S. national team and how – Soccer house in, in Chicago is really run, running wild. Yeah, I, I mean, I was, I was, I was kind of kidding about that, but it, you know, it kind of, it, it struck me that that article came out recently about Soccer House, which, by the way, it sounds like the worst Amazon Prime uh, comedy out there. Uh, I, yeah, I envision yeah. this is like a really bad John Goodman um, 
Amazon Prime comedy. But, you know, it's this idea that, um, you know, Carlos Cordero does this interview, and I believe was it with Grant Wall, or or I forgot where the interview was, or maybe Grant commented on it, but um, talking about how they're consolidating, um, you know, a lot of the the operations and the, the staff in Chicago at Soccer House because of, um, you know, that's, that's what they do in Europe, and it makes sense, and you know, that way everybody's under the same roof and and communicating and seeing each other at the water cooler or the water cooler. The, well, maybe they do have mm-hmm. a water cooler, but the fridge and the, the kitchen and, you know, I guess uh, in the hallway when they're leaving. And, and that's really going to lead to uh, more streamline and more uh, unity among the soccer federation and, and, you know, having the same common purpose and vision and blah, 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 blah. And that just kind of struck me as, you know, such um, – the exact opposite of how business works today. Um, if anything else, I mean, if anything, business is moving in the exact opposite direction. I mean, you have corporate, you know, the largest corporations in the world, even the smallest ones have people all over the place. They hire all over the world and, and they don't make people move to the you know home office they or, or the headquarters right. office. They keep them there so that way they can live their lives. But this idea that it's like we're not going to hire a youth coach because they won't move to Chicago is was just baffling. It is baffling. And and I'm with you. It makes no sense because you think about it. This is a big country, you know, and things that you know people in the Northeast might think about things a little differently than people in the Southeast or people in the Southwest or people in the Northwest. You know, just to use those four corners is probably four very you know just how we live. You know how we what what's important to us might not be the same. You know, so and you got to bring all that under one roof, which granted I think would be an undertaking. I'm not saying it would be easy, but to make everybody relocate, especially in well, this is the 21st century. You know, you can just do a conference call and Skype everybody, and it's like you're there. So you know, I don't think. Uh, Maybe once in a while fly into Chicago to uh, meet with the boss. You know, nothing wrong with that. But, yeah, this, this notion that everybody needs to be under the uh, one roof seems kind of silly. It might work in a small country like England where everybody's literally within four hours of each <laughs> other. Uh, but in the United States, I just think that's that's short-sighted. I'll just put it that way just because you can do that, but I think you're going to basically close off, you know, 75% of the country that's not located within, you know, 500 miles of Chicago. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, exactly. Exactly. And, I mean, you know, and it leads to a, and it leads to a very insular culture where, you know, it, it, it makes sense that you have your, you know, maybe your highest ranking execs there and, you know, sure. your, your, the different GMs of your, your men's and women's team. But, you know, I, I, we, we talk about one of the biggest issues with the U.S. Soccer Federation at the moment is the fact that it's, it is not open to new ideas, new thoughts, new coaches, you know, new players. It's, it's very stuck on its process and its kind of players and how it goes about getting those players and coaches. And this doesn't, you know, this actually makes that even worse, where the fact that your, yeah. you, you know, U19 coach is going to be in Chicago, it's going to be. You know, yeah, you can fly to New York, you can fly to California, you can fly anywhere from Chicago, um, you know, seven to eight months out of the year. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's it, it, why bother? <laughs> you know, why bother flying to Omaha? You know, why bother flying to Mesa, Arizona? Um, 
mm-hmm. you know, it it, it 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 just doesn't make sense, and it it, it just basically. Um, Again, goes back to this idea of where it's like the way we do things is, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have everything under our control, and uh, you know, there's no deviation from that. Yeah, you think you can almost do it like regional. You know, have your main office. You know, say Soccer House is your main office. You know, I mean, corporations have main offices, uh, and then you could have, you know, basic regions because you. Know, like you say, it's you don't want to fly to Omaha or to Mesa, Arizona, but you'd already have somebody might be in Phoenix or maybe San Diego or Southern California. You know, Arizona is just down the road. You know, uh, or you know, have somebody in the Northeast. And the thing about the East is so dense is you know, literally you can go up and down the Eastern Seaboard, and it's not it's not crazy long as opposed to going from L.A. to Seattle, which is you know, thirteen hundred miles. I don't know. I just saying it seems kind of. I I wonder, really wonder what this guy does since he's been in office. You know, Galati like him or dislike him. He seemed to actually do stuff. And since Cordero has been elected, it's kind of been like a blackout. You know, it took forever to hire a coach. You know, literally, it took almost an entire cycle. You're going to wait till after the World Cup, and then you don't interview any candidates. Not that I. I necessarily think Greg Berhalter was a bad hire, you know, but if he was your guy from the beginning, just hire him. Why go through this long, well, we're looking at all possible candidates, and they have to speak English, you know. All right, you know, so like if Carlo Ancelotti, who just got let go from Napoli, wanted to say, you know, I'd really like to coach the U.S. national team, but he doesn't speak English. Well, we don't want him. All right, and you can't hire a translator? You know, this is soccer. It's a global game, you know. Teams have translators because they they do bring in players that don't speak English. They give them lessons, but it's not required to speak it. They'll bring a translator in to help you through all that. I mean, so uh, I just I don't know. I just I think if you're going to wait till after the World Cup, there's always a lot of coaches available because most federations get rid of their coaches after a cycle because that's usually how it works. You know. And there you go. You have a whole bunch of good candidates, but we didn't look at any of them. So, and we had good candidates in our backyard that we just—I'm not interested. You know, all right, like Juan Carlos Osorio. At first glance, you know, I, I don't think I'd want him. But if you dig deep and look at him, you know, he knows the American player. He coached in the U.S. colleges. He he coached in Major League Soccer. He coached in Mexico. You know, he's a veteran national team coach. Great. You know. You know, he yeah, he might have got fired from Mexico, but he only lost a handful of games. You know, I don't care who you are. You could be the greatest coach in the world, and you will get fired from the Mexican national team because they always want to fire the coach as soon as they get, like, one or two bad results because that, that's world soccer pressure. You know, not doesn't have to be realistic pressure, but it's pressure nonetheless. So, you know, we go the other way. We on the verge of, you know, uh, our qualifying campaign's almost shot. Well, maybe we should get rid of the coach that we just signed to an extension. Uh, okay, you know, and look how it turned out. We didn't make the World Cup. So, And to be perfectly honest, I'm not so sure we're even going to make this next one the way we're going. You know, too many one bad result. Yeah, we're doing better, and then we'll play a, a good team and just get steamrolled again. So I don't know. So hopefully I'm wrong. 
because I don't want to go through another World Cup qualifying campaign where I'm sweating bullets. You know, it's not good for my heart. I'm I'm old man now. At least when it suits me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess my question then would be, you know, we're we're looking at a year if we're going to do a retrospective of the year. Uh, we lo- we're looking at a year where the U.S. women's national team won, you know, a, a record World Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, dominated. Um, you know, we have a, a new senior team coach on the men's side. We have a new GM on the yeah. women's side. I mean, the new, do, do uh, we women's coach too? Real women's yeah. coach too, exactly. Do but do we think that this has been a positive year overall for U.S. soccer, or has it been kind of a status quo even with the World Cup win and these these positives that we pointed out? Because uh, it's hard to say question. it's been negative or or you know status quo with a World Cup victory. But right, I don't have it's any warm fuzzies at the moment on the ladies on the U.S. women because you know. Uh, they had a tough group. Everyone thought they would get, they would stumble, and no one really gave them a lot of. I mean, they gave them the credit that they always get because of the U.S. They know they're going to battle, but there seemed to be that narrative. I don't know if this team's going to have it. I think France is going to beat them, and they basically said, you know, we're going to win, and no problem. We'll just, and they do. They go out and they get it done. You know, just, and they they play without fear. You know that. The men just don't do. I mean, Grant, you know, because you could tell that they've been on top for a long time, and the men are still trying to get there. And for whatever reason, the last, you know, couple of coaches have done nothing but beat them down. And now, you know, Burhalter's kind of trying to pick up the scraps. So, you know, but the women, you know, they've just, they're just tough. Yeah. So I'm with, it's hard to say it was a, it's a great year because the men did so badly, but it's hard to say it's a bad year because the women, you know, are the all-time winningest uh, women's team in world football. So, you know, I guess (laughs) – and they're always always worth the money to watch because they battle. I love watching the U.S. women play just because – you know, the Women's World Cup is always exciting. There's no diving. They just go after it, you know. And, and it's just fun, and the games are good, you know. little more lopsided since they expanded the field, but not, not crazy. I mean, other than maybe one result, you know, when we played Thailand, you know. But you got to do that at some point just to expand, you know, make the game grow. You know, because those teams won't be beat on for too long. Eventually, they'll get better. You know, it's just that's the way you get better. You know, you just I don't want to go through that again. So, and you have to do that. You because know. you're still you're still trying to grow the women's game a little bit, just because not all countries, you know, the opportunities for women aren't the same. You know, the U.S. Uh, you know, we've always been pioneers. You know, especially since Title Nine. For women to have uh, athletic chances that you know other countries they might not get, so and I think other countries are starting to follow suit, which has helped, you know, because the top end of the women's world uh, football is all pretty even, so and it wasn't always like that. So yeah, but I'll say a, a an A an A minus since we won the World Cup, but we didn't make the we didn't make the World Cup, so A for the women because you know. 
because they did what they had to do, and the minus because the men did not do what they had to do. And all I had to do was get a draw against Trinidad. When it came down, a draw would have been good enough, and they couldn't get it done. So, so that's my grade, A minus. Okay. Well, I mean, I I have no problem with I. I'm not of the I'm not of the majority of fans online and calling into the pods and the 32 new US US American US national team specific pods that just want to rant and rave and say let's turn let's turn over a coach all the time. We're I mean we're mm-hmm. not we're not Chelsea, we're not Real Madrid, we're not Inter Milan. We're not no. well hell. We're not even Watford at this point. I mean, we're gonna to get to a point where Robert's gonna be the head coach for April of Watford hey, at this point. I'm on board with that. My uh, my coaching license, I was a what class E, you know, license and that's gone now, so I'm I'm no longer a licensed <laughs> coach. Well, technically you are a because I I asked about that because I've, I'm the same thing. I've got, I just got a um, e license, and they still recognize it here in here in New York State. I'm like, jackpot! <laughs> I don't have to go dump another hundred to two hundred dollars in just to sit around and hear some guy with an accent wax pers- wax wax prophetic about something. But anyway, no, um, I'm not here to dump. And redump and redump and redump coaches. There's a lost no, I... generation or two with the men's national team in here because of just not yeah. making the Olympics as long and just with having, oh, yeah. yeah, you don't have the amount of talent coming through. And to be honest, Having some of the having some of the having some of the players not go over or get stalled is is the problem. I mean, Sargent is just really coming through at Werder Bremen, so you have you have that. And let's be honest, you're not really having a lot of them, the good players come through in MLS. And I know there's that whole thing. Well, if they're here or going over to MLS. If they're here or going over to others overseas, it's different. Not really, because yeah. if you look at through the '90s, we had the same thing. The problem is why we're focused on it more is we're focused on everything nowadays. Everything's more important. Mm-hmm. I get why people want Jeffrey Marsh to come in, but here's the thing: so he has a bad two or three games. What else are you going to do? Oh, let's bring Bullhalter back for a second time. No. <laughs> no, I just used him as an example. I'm with, I don't want yeah, to no. go through a <clears throat> um, go through cycle. I just think when you get through a World Cup cycle, because uh, that's a two or three year job. I think it's just from our own history, a second cycle. This never worked out. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out for Bruce Arena. It didn't yeah. work out for Bob Bradley. It didn't work out for Jurgen Klinsmann. So I think we haven't learned from our mistake. That's my only thing. Uh, yeah, I wasn't know. more talking about you or what 
what no, Robert I know. was talking about on that is that I'm just getting sick of seeing the team go out there and then just knowing to not listen to Cirrus, not get online after a game, or yeah. not listen to certain people online because you just know the spewing of the hatred that is out there. Now, is Burhalter the greatest manager we've ever seen that has an American accent? No. I'm sure he would even say that. Yeah. But is he as good as um, Brian Smith's? Or probably not. I mean, Smith would probably. Uh, we don't probably, want Smith to take that job. Yeah, and Schmitzer's probably a little bit older. I don't know the exact age on either of them, but I don't really he's, care. He's uh, 57, I think. He's yeah. a few years mm. older than me. So, yeah. You know, but uh, he has his dream job. So, yeah. Um, so, with I don't think he's which is fine. And he's in his so. second tour there. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. Now, if, if Burholter does not get us into World the next World Cup, oh yeah, fire his ass. Right off the bat, don't even you will have my, if we miss a second one, oh, mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. Gone. And just, no ifs, ands, or buts, gone. But here's the thing. Players are going to have bad games. Pulisic is going to have a bad month or two. We're going to have a bad camp or two. Not every, not every game is going to be Amazing. So, so Canada yeah. came in and beat us, folks. That's going to start happening more because there's a lot of young talent in Canada. You th- you think David and you think Jonathan David and Alfonso Davies are the only ones? <laughs> Just wait till you see what's coming through, folks. Canada's yeah. getting better, so that's not a surprise. And this. <laughs> this preconceived notion that it's just us as the top. That's not happening anymore, folks. We can be knocked off, and I'm glad. I'm glad there's more talent yeah. in this area. I really no, I'm with you. Because that's what makes clubs better, and that's what makes nations better. That's what makes Robert being awesome, is that <laughs> you've, got, you've got stuff out there like that. Now, uh, with that being said, what what else were you thinking of this year with with United States and all that? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I think that's the big thing is the the future of the um, you know the future of the federation and what they're doing to you know because ultimately it comes down to them you know whether we want it to or not. Um, you know they they set the dictates they set the the tone and and the the standards for how soccer is going to be played in this country and mm-hmm. you know i i think the other thing is you know it come you know have we seen real true developments in or changes in the youth soccer scene and i know this is one of my usual rants and gripes but um you know I, 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 we're still i think seeing a lot of the same mistakes still seeing a lot of the same um Issues we have with youth soccer we have every year, and it's you know this in, in this sense in this place it's the same for girls and boys, men's and women's soccer. I mean, I think we're seeing you know these these issues that have been plaguing U.S. soccer for years that have been you know hindering the men's side or the boys' side. Um, 
now really starting to impact the, the women's side. And it hasn't shown up at the senior level. But, um, you know, that's I think that's for the reasons we've, we've talked about. But at some point, you know, these issues where only, you know, the the richest players, youth players who can dedicate all their time to, to soccer and, and go to the right the right academies and the right, um, you know, that happen to be run by MLS clubs, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're losing out on so much talent. And I think that plays into this idea of, you know, are we going to miss the next world cup or what is, you know, do we need to rely, do we rely too much on Christian Pulisic and all this stuff? I mean, all of it comes down to the fact that our talent pool is still very weak. Um, and on the women's side, it's not as bad, but, you know, we still are starting to see some of the same factors on the women's side. So, yeah. You know, I guess my question is, is, and this gets back to the future thing, um, I, I'm not seeing a ton of changes. In fact, I was on, you know, another, you know, Daniel's Feuerstein's uh, Fire po- uh, show talking with, um, you know, a friend of his, a youth, uh, um, uh, state youth soccer um, leader, and talking about this idea where, so many kids are disenfranchised. So many kids are will never be seen simply because they don't. They're not on the track that's been set up by U.S. Soccer. And I think this is a continuing mm-hmm. issue that we still are seeing. And I don't see where this is going to end in the near future. And that's troubling. Yeah. No, that's true. Well, um, that's, no, that's, that is a good point. I, you have the feeling with U.S. Soccer is that because it's all people from other leagues and not other leagues, other sports that they're trying to maximize it that way. It's going to take our generation to get in there and go, okay, we've lived through enough cycles where the sport is big here. We got to shape up. And I, I think you're going to start seeing that in MLS also where you see a team like sporting Kansas city dropping big money on a player. You're going to start seeing some of these, okay, well, what if we miss another cycle? Well, we got to do, we got to throw out these new words and readjust all these badges. No, you don't. No, you don't. You just do what you do in all sports. In like what they do in Argentina. Lionel Messi was dirt poor. He got shipped to Barcelona, yeah. and he should have gone. For, he should have gone and played for the Spanish national team, not Argentina. Not, but anyway, that's besides the point. That's going to have to happen here. But people got to remember, as much as they like to point out that we're this big, we're this big nation. We're still relatively young when it comes to the sport. Yeah. That's true. But, you know, it's, there is a lot of talent, like, that falls through the cracks. I mean, and that, I don't care if we had a much better uh, system of identifying talent. That's still going to happen because the country is so big. But uh, they could do a better job, no doubt about it. Uh, some of the academies, I don't know how all academies do. I know our academy has actually done quite well. And uh, it's not all things to all people, you know. Um, but uh, you know, it's still, it's still. I, 
we've signed a lot of players off it, so we'll see how that goes, you know. And uh, but for me, you know, it was a great year. It was it was weird, you know, because I was talking uh, with a friend of mine at uh, I was at getting my picture taken with the cups uh, on Sunday, and I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, and I said, you know, a lot of ways this was my least favorite year just because of all the iron front stuff and you know it got to the point I didn't want to come to the games which I didn't not go because I can't not go because uh, my job is to go uh, I've never missed a game I'm not starting now even though one section of the fans are annoying me that's alright I'll tough it out but no literally it, it got to the point it was just like oh man you know I don't want to deal with that but you know and then the guys played great down the stretch and we win the whole thing and you know, kind of like 2016, because my least favorite year uh, of all was 2013, because that year was horrible. But 2016, same way, started rough, and then we, uh, you know, fire Ziggy, we win the cup, it's awesome, everything's great. You know, 17, we go to the cup, we lose. Uh, last year was fun, but we got knocked out in the first round. This year, tough year, we hit that playoff run, new uh, format for Major League Soccer. You know, uh, one of the best moves they've ever done. Crazy exciting games, you know, and uh, we win the cup again. It was awesome, you know, full house and CenturyLink, biggest crowd uh, in CenturyLink history uh, for any sport. So, you know, uh, outdrew the NFC Championship, you know, outdrew any other Seahawks games, which is a major accomplishment. And uh, I had a great year, so. And we got a great job for the con- for the Champions League, so. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how uh, 2020 goes. So, you know. Um, but, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, the MLS, but who knows what's going to happen for next year because the CBA is up. Uh, I think it's up uh, either up on the 1st of January or at the end of January. I'm not sure which, but it's up. And uh, so maybe we won't have Cam and Gam and what other uh, DP. We'll have, we'll have yeah. some of that. But not all of that, I think, because I, I know that the cap is going to have to go up. I mean, it's going to have to, I think, go up substantially. You know, mm-hmm. what is it now? It's like, I mean, with all the the cost-lowering mechanisms, you know, the cap might be, what is it, like $6 million maybe, $4 million. But, you know, I think Toronto's total payout was like 12 to $15 million, somewhere in that range. Because uh, they had the highest payroll in the league. So, um at least uh, as far as I know, but a lot of that's got to change. I think uh, the you know the cap's got to go up just because hey, cost of living goes up. You know, when I make more money than uh, guys that played, you know, some major minutes, whether they were starters or not, for the MLS Cup winning champions, uh, the cap's got to go up because not that I you know make all this money, I don't, but uh, you know. A professional athlete probably should make at least maybe a few dollars more than me. Maybe a few, you know. But, you know. But it would be interesting. It's going to be an interesting CBA. So I think the league's in a stronger position than it's ever been. But um, I don't think it's all rosy. I think uh, – I still think that the bulk of the teams lose money. I know there's like – I know three for sure uh, did not. Uh, but – you know, there's new, but then there's a lot of money coming in. You look at Chicago, you know, they have a billionaire owner. 
uh, might be a little tone deaf when it comes to his fan base, but you know, he's got a lot of money mm-hmm. and I do agree once they start, if they start winning, uh, people might overlook the fact that they have got the ugliest badge in the history of soccer. So, but, uh, True. Uh, it made no sense to me. So, it, and it still does. And I don't get the reasoning and I don't like rebranding teams every so often, you know, it, it worked when Sporting did it. All right, I get it. That that team was going nowhere when they were the Wizards. I mean, they did go to two MLS Cup Finals, won one and lost one, but uh, they had no momentum really in the, in the market, you know, not, and not by their own doing. It's one thing if you just run your team into the ground. That's on you, but, you know, Kansas City never seemed to have a lot of momentum. You know, and then they played those two years in the minor league ballpark, and then once the stadium was built, all right, you know, they got the rebrand and it worked out. But uh, Chicago had, you look at Chicago's history, they had a, they have a great history. You know, was it four Open Cups, uh, two MLS Cups, I think. Uh, so they've won a lot of silverware, yet, you know, they, they, they go to uh, the suburbs and get the worst lease, I think, in the history of professional sports. And wh- whoever negotiated that for that city, if that guy isn't running for mayor of that city, they're doing something wrong because the main, that was a lease. You know, leases mm. usually are easy, easier than you know breaking out of a tissue paper cage. But that lease seemed to be made out of of, of uh, it was like unbreakable. I mean, what did they pay thirty or sixty-three million dollars to break it? I mean, that's insane. You know, that's more than the than the cost uh, Joe and Adrian and Drew Carey when they bought the Sounders in two thousand and nine. So yeah, you know. So hats off to the uh, to the, the the guy who negotiated the uh, lease to, uh, for the city of Bridgeview. I mean, what a job he did! Holy mackerel. Uh, but yeah, I, I I just don't get it. So, but you know, I'm not a big fire fan. I do have a fire shirt with the old logo, so it could become a collector's item now. Uh, hmm. But I don't know. I I don't know. I don't get it. It'd be like if DC United changed their badge. Uh, I mean, I don't mind little tweaks. You know, Man United and Liverpool have tweaked their badges a little bit. Little tweaks. That's all right. But you know. If like United changed theirs, it would it would be another one that would be horrible because they're the first dynasty the league's ever had, you know. And they've still won big trophies that the rest of us haven't. You know, they won that Inter American Cup against Fosco da Gama, which is a crazy two leg uh, series if you've had a chance to see it. Cause that that ninety nine, I think it was ninety nine. That ninety nine DC United team was awesome, you know. It was awesome. It's fun to watch. You know, Marco Echeverry, which I, I'm afraid a lot of the MLS part, whatever we are now, 3.0, uh, never got to see him play and never got to see how good. He was so good. I mean, yeah, he was so good. You know, worth the price of admission. You know, great, great player. I loved watching mm. Marco Echeverry play. But, yeah, I mean, but you just you can't do that. Once you win a cup, you should be forbidden to change the badge. Or at least not, not a major rebrand. It should just be forbidden. Yeah, I don't know. So, but that's just me. 
I, I just hate it. I don't like doing it every so often. I mean, it gets a spike in so- jersey sales maybe, but this is soccer. They change the jerseys every year, no matter what. That's why I have 55 Sounder shirts, you know, because I'm a nut and I'm out of control. And they've tweaked it enough where I go, oh, I want to get that. And I do, you know. And I'm hardly probably not the only one that has more than one shirt of their favorite club. No. Yeah. I know people overseas, and I don't know about you. I don't know you about you, Robert. You you don't have that men. You don't have that much soccer stuff because I still have a box of your. I still have a box of your stuff from when you moved, but you don't collect a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it, for me. There's some jerseys. I, I have a, a good number of scarves, but you know, it's mostly a lot of the same, you know, club. You know, there's a few clubs mixed in there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for me, soccer stuff is cool, but there's just, you know, I've, I've never had a ton of space for it. So, uh, for me, it's kind of stuff to admire and, um, you know, purchase, um, you know, the occasional jersey when it's like a, a special occasion or a special jersey or something like that. But, yeah, for the most part, it's more of a uh, I wish I had um, – uh, more stuff than I do, but uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's as you all can attest to. I mean, it's it takes money, it takes you know space to put all this stuff, and it takes a dedication to do it. Um, you know, and I, it's it's just something that I don't have, which is um, you know something I admire about you guys is the fact that you're able to pull it off and and do it. So um, it's, well, it's Duffy's uh, nuts. We've proved it. Duffy's I am slightly nuts. <laughs> um, the scarves for me were. Oh hey, I'll take five. I end up with six boxes. I end up with a pile of boxes the size of my roommate, and she's five foot one. So go figure on that. Um, the jerseys are because our our sponsor is amazing and is maxing out Duffy's credit card pretty much. Yep. Most of the time. No. No, I'm actually good at keeping that down. I get it went a little crazy during MLS Cup. You know, it was bad timing. Uh, I I renewed my season tickets. We had the playoff run, which we played every game here. So those were four extra tickets I had to buy. And then I have rugby season tickets, and those tickets had came due, and then I bought an extra one. Well, I actually bought two extras because my son and his girlfriend wanted to come with me, so it's a nice little family thing. So I got those. So my one credit card's like, whoa, I just got the same. Whoa, uh, okay, we need to put that one away, and we need to pay that off. So so I've been trying to pay them off. I'm not doing as much. So that being well, said, I, I I still Yeah, I get a lot of stuff for uh, free, too. I mean, as I said in, like, pre-show, um, Robert sent me, once he got done with a bunch of books he was reviewing, sent me a bunch of them, and I was like, wish I'm a we need a never we need a never ending soccer book. We need a book that you get to like the last ten pages, then automatically it just like updates <laughs> right there and gives you another. Isn't 10 that pages. isn't that Goldblatt's book? The the one with two different titles, depending on where there you're in the UK or the US. That thing's like a thousand pages. It feels like it, you, oh. you get ten more pages. Than you think you're at the end. Oh, you mean um, the ball is round? Yes. Yeah, I'm on my I'm on my sixth copy of that one because I have loaned that thing out so many times, and I got rid of it once because I'm like, okay, I'm done writing. I'm not going to write that deep into the sport. 
Mm. Obviously, obviously, I'm publishing a bulk of book right now. I'm actually doing that as, as we're talking right now from the publisher. Yeah. And they really liked they really liked Robert's part. This is why I got to get him to get his stuff out, or him to write a whole in depth book about the Colorado Corbis's tassel jersey, but whatever. Um, Is that that's just one of them. I mean, every time I look at like, oh, I got to write this. Oh, it's in that book. I'll go and get it. Or, oh, I want to do this um, athletic club book. Oh, crap. I got to go get another six more books. So. But you know what they do now, at least a couple of times, they'll you get a book and then they'll reprint it, you know, like a year or so later, and they'll have an amendum to it. So they'll be like, what happened after? You know, so you have to get it just so you can read that little extra bit. You know. Yeah. Jonathan Wilson doing that to inverting the pyramid just screwed me over one month. I'm looking at it going, oh, I'll get this. You know, it doesn't go so far. And then he updates it. I'm like, damn it. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. So... But that's all right. That's why yeah. I work for a living. So, yeah. Well, you know, Robert, this has been fun. I don't want to keep you too much past your kids and game night and pizza night or going to PTA meetings or whatever hey, you pizza young night, I'm on my way. Pizza, yeah. yeah, pizza night was uh, done and done. So I, I uh, prepared this with by eating pizza. See, that is always awesome. that is always smart. That is always yeah. smart there. Well, well. Anyway, guys, this is going to be up. I will see over the weekend unless if something doesn't pop up, big or masterful. You guys will see us in the new year, and hopefully, hopefully, Robert will find some more minor league teams over in on the continent that we can stick the jersey, stick the card, the yellow card on because. I get a lot of good pub about Robert putting that on a jersey. So absolutely, I wear that one all the time. Just say, "Hey, there you go. That's 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 right there." Oh, I'll make cool. it my uh, my of... New Year's resolution is to find another club to to add the logo to. So not, none of there them will go. be as Motor FC, of course. You know, which is the greatest uh, you know amateur club out there. But um, you know. They they are the sharpest kits. Oh my God! Whoever does their kit design, awesome. <laughs> it's hard to choose. That's the thing. It's hard to choose when you look at their stuff. Like, oh my God, which yeah. one do I want? You know, I, I they wanted, are awesome. I wanted to Robert when I, I was going to order another one for myself just for the heck of it. I was like, can I just put Robert Hate on my back and put number twenty four? <laughs> so I'm walking around with. His name on back because I'm sure. I, but anyway, and I would have to be number thirty-three to be off. Yeah, true. But anyway, well, guys, this has been fun. We will talk online, and all right, have a have a good end of the year, folks. All right, happy holidays, Thanks, guys. To you and yours, and uh, see you uh, next year. 